everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cold Bacon. This is your host, Patrick Lynch, and I'm joined today by the lovely and wonderful Rachel Soglin. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having That's, me. You're welcome. I appreciate you having me at your home. Oh, well, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Yeah. Now, Rachel, actor, actress, mm-hmm. which do you prefer? I, you know, I always went with actress, but I think now <laughs> I'm supposed to say actor. Oh, is it? Is it non-gender specific it's, as actor? I think that's a little timely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like whenever, I, yeah, I mean, you're acting, you're an actor. Yeah, I am. I, I could be both. I'm really open to both. Okay. Comedian. Com- for comedian, comedian, not comedian. Comedian sounds weird. It also s- sounds close enough to comedian that I don't know <laughs> what you're saying. Are you it saying does. comedian? Because they have to really lean on the and part. It's just, come on. It's We're a all much. stand-up comedians. We are world-renowned for meme work. You're 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 a, what what? That's something we'll get into, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any anything else? Any other commas? Any other hyphenates we want to add on to the end uh, of comedian, stand-up actress? You know, cool I do, person. That's very nice of you. I do I do uh, some visual art in my free time. Okay. But um, visual you know, art like painting, painting, or? drawing. What do you think about that? Yeah, How's that feel for it's you? It's fun. I like it. It's a non. It's no pressure because, you know, it's for me. Yeah. Don't what kind of things do you paint? Do you paint like still still life, or do you paint like people's faces, or what? I paint people's faces. I paint. I think I am my greatest inspiration. I think they're all paintings of me. Oh yeah. Really, at the end of the day, <laughs> if I think about it hard enough, it's really just paintings of my face. Yeah. Um. And and they're, it's a kind of illustrative in 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 nature. Okay. Well, we'll have to take a look at them later, and sure. and I'll I'll be the judge of that, and I'll make sure I let everybody <laughs> know. Like, yep, they definitely are her. Pictures of her. It's just this lady. It looks slightly like her, but then there's like a little difference. There's like a little mole on the cheek or something like that. Well, it's not me. It's I, I invite you to twin. critique. Okay. Yes. Oh, I wouldn't be critiquing. I would just be saying like, yes or no. It looks like you. Okay. Great. Yeah, because I, I am not too. a person that can critique art paintings or anything like i just look at it and it looks cool or it doesn't that's that's the only thing i've got we're on the same page then. yeah all people that like go in and can be like oh, look at those brush strokes and i don't i don't know what that means i don't either i don't know how to do that you're talking about a guy whose main thing of painting is wine and painting classes <laughs> that's my main art thing that i've ever done those are always good that sounds they're like fun yeah. i mean they're fun like bachelorette party status well yeah and it's also kind of like uh, the first one I, <laughs> the first one I ever went to was in Cincinnati when I lived there, right? Okay. And it was a uh, date off OK Cupid. We were like, let's go to a wine and painting. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, sure. It was at a Don Pablo's. I don't know if you know what a Don Pablo's is, I'm but not it's basically a chain Mexican restaurant. Okay. So they like close off one side of the Don Pablo's to do this painting thing, and I was like hungry, and so I ordered a burrito. And then, but we're sitting at a table and like, then you got an easel in front of you and like paint and everything. There was no place to put the burrito. I had to put the burrito behind the thing. And then I was like, well, it's probably got paint on it now. I, I'm not going to eat it. So I like paid for a burrito that I didn't even eat. Yeah. It's not burrito and painting. It's wine no, and painting it's wine and for painting. a reason. For Yeah. You're correct. Yeah. There were several times I almost drank my paint water because <laughs> it was in a very similar glass to what the wine was in. Oh gosh. We were painting Starry Night. Oh, well, that's. Somebody already did that. Yeah, I know. But that's the thing is like they you come in and are like, here's a picture and we're going to teach you how to we're going to tell you step by step how to paint this. And it's it's interesting to me when you go to those things and everybody's getting the same directions and everybody ends up with something different. Like it looks vaguely the same, but it could be it's just wildly well, different. Know, right. That's because some people are terrible at painting. 
this guy. <laughs> the the Starry Night one wasn't too bad, but it definitely didn't look like the Van Gogh, right? Obviously, did not no? look like that because he sure. uses those little like whatever they're called, yeah, little strokey use? things in there yep. that make it look like it's lined or fuzzy or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. People right now are listening to this and being like, "You motherfucker, it means this." They're so offended by oh, I'm sure our interpretation are. of what Starry Night is comprised of. Well, then we went. Cat and I went to one here in Lincoln Park, and we did this just random painting. Like I don't know who it was, but mine. They were like, oh, it was like a rock in the sea, and the sea was orange, and it was like it was a real cool looking painting. Okay, hers looked good. Mine looked like <gasps> shit. Well, maybe <laughs> it looked. I called it confetti on sea because there was just so many. It, like we were supposed to take colors and like blend it into the sea to make it look like there was like a reflection and shimmering you know mm-hmm. and mine just looked like little pieces of plastic floating around on the ocean maybe you needed more wine <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know maybe i didn't need more wine because <laughs> i think i might have been drinking too much that evening rachel now i said i'm originally from ohio you're originally from wisconsin the great town of madison yeah madison how'd you, how'd you like that uh it was great to grow up there it's yeah. a college town yeah so there's kind of uh, an influx in the population you get a lot of students you know, during the out. school, yep, school year, and then during the summer, it's uh, we were the townies. Yeah. So it was time for townie parties, <laughs> uh, and if the students showed up, it was like, "Hey, Kick who are it, you? Get out of here! You're not one You're of not us. real deal." And how would right? you know whether they were real deal or not? Well, you know, no townies are going to show up wearing their, you know, Bucky oh. Badger wear. Gotcha. So basically, if they had anything Wisconsin on, you knew right. that they were not from there. Or if they were girls like under the age of 21, <laughs> we were like, you can't d- you, be uh, here right We now. automatically <laughs> assumed that you were uh, somebody <laughs> that was trying to work one over on us. Now, were you? Bi- did you go to college there too? I did not. I did okay. not. You just grew up there and then you came to chicago i grew up there i went to school in ann arbor michigan okay uh where i studied theater okay and graduated with a bfa in theater performance oh sweet yeah then i came home to madison in a a very sad interim (laughs) (laughs) i feel like everybody has that sad interim after college. right it's like a little weird where you like had all this freedom and and you've learned so much and now (laughs) you're back in your old bedroom like (laughs) yeah so cyclical i was only there for a short time and then i moved to los angeles california oh what did you do there I did uh, some acting work. Okay. And, you know, some some not work, some having a good time. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I lived in uh, kind of where Hollywood meets West Hollywood. Okay. Which is a really interesting area. Uh, it's very residential, but it's also, you know, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so that was incredible. What made you want to go just to L.A. instead of other places? Because you just wanted to act. You wanted to act in TV or you wanted to act in movies or did it matter? You just wanted to act somewhere I wanted to act somewhere where I could make money. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, the motivating factor of money is not always necessarily the most pure or the most fulfilling. And no, I but d- you want to yeah. you want to do it for your job, you got to make money. Exactly. It. So, yep, 22-year-old Rach went straight out to LA. I was I was just visiting actually when I initially went there, but I got very lucky and I met up with somebody uh, who wound up being my manager. She okay. helped me to get an agent and that was just on a, a visit. Ooh, and that's I know, you. I know. That's years of work. You were like, It's happening in baby. two weeks, right? I was like, I'm basically famous but at this point. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show you that like <laughs> it really is a lot of luck. Like any kind of performance oh, yeah. thing is is like timing and like all these other things like because there's a lot of people that are, you're a talented actress. Thank you. you. Know? I'm sure there's other talented actresses out there that went out there and were like, 
there for years and never got a manager or an agent or anything. Right. And you just show up and you're like, oh, I happen to know somebody that knows somebody or whatever. You know, you meet people and next thing you know, you you got all that stuff. Right. And that being said, not all of it was, was that easy. Um, but I did get a really big boost when I first well, I only First came started. here to talk to you because I thought it was that easy. So we're just we're done with the podcast. <laughs> so All right. man, spoiler All right, alert! Thanks for tuning in. It's, All right, uh, sorry, it's actually hard. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It's real hard. <laughs> well, so anyway, so you're out there, you get your agent and all that stuff in this visit, and you're like, oh, now I need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's move out. Got a place. Family um, super supportive of it. So supportive. They're so That's nice. Good. That's a real key when you're doing something artistic is to have support of your family behind you because if you don't, totally. it's only going to be totally. depression. Yes. Yeah. And really, <laughs> well, yeah. It's going to be depression anyway. It is. It will <laughs> just be extra depression. depression. <laughs> no, my family's so great. My dad, he thinks, the wor- he thinks I'm amazing. He's so great. And I think he's amazing uh, also. But he, you know. I'll make sure. Yeah, he's like, do you need me to break Natalie Portman's legs? (laughs) Because then you can have all of her parts. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, go do that, Dad. No, No, don't don't do that. I can see you and V for Vendetta. Oh, maybe. You go shave your head? Maybe. Would you shave your head for a role? Is there anything you wouldn't do for a role? I, um, some sex stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if it's the right part shave, shaving your head, probably worth it. Hair grow back. Right? Hair grows back. Yeah. Uh, Dignity doesn't grow back. Yeah. You gotta make, <laughs> you gotta make sure it's a movie that you think is gonna do well because totally. if it's just some like person on Craigslist, like you want to come be in my movie, you gotta <laughs> shave your head five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that one's not worth it. Definitely yeah, not. Probably not. And I can't do that anyway. I'm, I'm union, so I oh, can't do non-union gotta... basement work. That's not gonna work for me. Okay, so that's, that's see that was gonna be another <laughs> thing that I talked about was like I'm real interested in how the inner workings of the acting and slash work the union things work because you know i've done some extra work for the chicago meds and the chicago series is around yeah whatever yeah and it's obviously it's non-union you just show up and they pay you whatever your day rate or whatever and it was uh it was real cool to see like how that works how tv works in general and Mm -hmm. like how many people it takes to make just a one episode of tv and how long we were there for a scene that was literally like two minutes on the finished product that we were there for like four or five hours shooting Absolutely. all these different angles and the thing mm-hmm. i was getting about at the union though was one of the things i was a featured extra and i was sitting in this room and this cameraman was like move this light it's in my shot or whatever and i just had i was sitting like the light is like literally in my lap and i was like oh i'll just and i started to touch it and he was like nope we got somebody to do that mm-hmm. and the person like had to come in move it and then leave and i was just like this is ridiculous but i get it but also it's pretty ridiculous yeah there's a lot of rules union union regulator people will come into sets and like make sure there's enough chairs for all the actors to sit on that's, make see, sure that's there's good, food though. and yeah and money i mean and everything yeah it is it is cool so walk me through that what was your process of getting involved with sag aftra there's a lot of ways you can get in uh when i first joined it was actually just sag it was before the two merged okay but of course, once they did merge, I was in both. So what you c- there's one way you can do it where you, if you do extra work, you can get a voucher um, from you know whoever the the DP is or, or somebody high up on the set. You can get a voucher, and once you get three of those, you can then pay to be in the union. I got very lucky. I had a <laughs> a very do they have to be weird credited roles. Um, no, I think they can just be extra roles. Oh, but you have to be careful because you don't necessarily want to join the union without having done 
a lot of work because okay. then you can only do union work. So it's kind of good oh, to gotcha. build up your resume first so that they know that they, you know, See, can trust you. See, these are helpful tips for the audience out there. If you guys want to be actors, you gotta do don't some do it. Shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't do quit, it. I got roles now. to get. Nope, please don't we got, do it. We're full up. <laughs> but uh, that is not even how I, I got into the union. I got, this was another ultra super lucky moment i didn't have a job so my manager hired me kind of as like a almost like a an assistant and i ended up taking one of her younger clients to the set of the show my name is earl okay uh because you know she wanted him to see you know a working tv set so we go there super early in the morning and one of the guys i can't even remember what his position was on the set but he kept talking to me and i was like those guys like Hitting yeah. on me like crazy is kind of annoying. I'm here with this kid. But then at the end of the day, he comes to me and he goes, you want to be in SAG? And uh. he literally gave me a piece of paper that he signed. <laughs> and I took it to the SAG office, gave them the money, and that's how I got into SAG. Sweet. Yeah. And then and then after <laughs> has that you feel like that's hindered you or helped you? It's it in LA it was very helpful because yeah. in LA it's almost all union work. There's a commercial audition every 45 seconds for you to go to. Sure. Films everywhere. Every TV show on earth and they films want you to there. Be in the union. And you got to be in the union to work those things. And if you want to be paid well, you should be in the union. In Chicago there's a ton of non-union work. Is this entertaining for people to hear? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I cool. think so. Because <laughs> okay. it, it's, uh, it, I, I get a thrill out of listening to things like this. So, I mean, there's plenty of podcasts okay, and other cool. things going on where people talk about these kinds of things. And I, I think it's it gives the normies a window into our cool life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, I just think that it's, uh, you know... You know, it's interesting to me to find out the inner workings of these things because yeah. it's like we don't nobody talks about it. You just oh, you just are in sack. Well, how did that happen? Well, well don't you worry pay about them it. like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, geez. I skipped that part. But <laughs> that's another thing. But, you know, uh, <laughs> or how to do comedy or how to do this or how do you get booked on a show or how do sure. you start a show or how do you do these things? It's like. There's no manual out there that says how to do this. You can't Google. How do I get it? You probably could Google. How do I get into SAG? But, yeah. you know, and it's a personal story as well. It lets us right. know an interesting thing that happened. You know, you yeah. were on the set of My Name is Earl. Did you see the stars? Did you I see? did. And you said, hey, look, there's that Scientologist, Jason Lee. There he is. He's a pretty cool dude. He's cool. He's you know, tall. I think everybody gives Scientology a shit. It's like, is it any really any more different than any other crazy religion? Well... It's brainwashy. Brainwashy. It's expensive. And yeah. I want to take one of those tests, though. Like, I want to do the e meter thing. Oh, the stress test? But I, yeah, whatever it is, the, like the entry level thing. But I'm afraid I'm so, I'm, I'm afraid I'll get talked into it. I'm afraid I will be like, yeah, this does make sense. And then I'll be a Scientologist. You might. Yeah. Maybe and I'll get to meet Tom Cruise or something. You might. Oh, man. That would be cool. I think he would be, a, despite him being a crazy person, apparently, or whatever. Sure. Like, and he's be real intense looking. I bet it would be neat to talk to him. But like, hey, dude, what's up? I don't know. I'm just not a very professional person when it comes to things like that. I wouldn't be like, he's just another person to me, you know? Right. So I'd just be like, what up, Tom? What up, Tom? Hey, man, how's it going? He'd be like, this is refreshing. You should be my best friend. Right? <laughs> and then you guys would hug. And, and then we would fly to Xenu or whatever that the oh, thing gosh. is that they believe in. Yeah. So you you get into SAG. You go, you're out there. You're doing some things. Uh, you're working on different acting things out there and then you say, I've had enough of this. I'm going to Chicago. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I was there 
six years doing mostly commercial work. That's a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. And, you know, it's only so much fun to talk about vitamin water and cough syrup. (laughs) Before years, it's kind of like, why am I still doing this? I mean, it pays well, and it was was a good time, and I learned a whole lot. But what what brought me to Chicago was um, I, I have friends who had gone to the University of Michigan with me who were in the theater department. And they started a... um a theater company here in Chicago. Okay. And they contacted me while I was still in LA. They said, we want you to audition for a role awesome. in the show that we just wrote. Uh, send us a tape. And I sent them a tape and they said, we, we love it. We're flying you to Chicago. Uh, so I came to Chicago, did this musical with them called Twisted. What was that musical about? That's about, this is their, their uh, mashup. Themselves. They wrote it themselves. Kaylee McMahon and... A.J. Holmes wrote the music. A.J. Holmes has been on Broadway at this point uh, doing like um, a Book of Mormon. Oh, okay, cool. He does lots of great work. Uh, and it was, the the script was written by my friends, Nick and Matt Lang. Um, and you said it was a mashup it's of a something? mashup of twi- of twist of wicked oh, okay. wicked the the where sure. you know the rever- role reversal where the, the bad witch is good in in wizard of oz where everyone's defying gravity exactly we're defying gravity mm-hmm. there's a huge dress at the end of the first act spoiler alert and this but this is their version of aladdin taking jafar the villain oh, okay making him good aladdin's actually an asshole gotcha yes and i played that's actually a really good idea oh it was I so that great was real fun it was super fun i think i'd be interested to see that same f- template on a lot of different things. right let's it's flip a good it around idea. and let's hear the perspective for the bad guy sure absolutely see, you know especially today where everything is like we got to make everybody's an anti-hero like everybody's got this you know, bad backstory of something and you're like, oh, he's a horrible person, but he's also good. Uh, Ah. I'd love to hear about Jafar and what, you know, why was he a dick? The whole thing's (laughs) on YouTube. You can watch it. Oh, well, I'll Google it up right after this. Twisted. Twisted standard spelling on that? uh, Twisted, yeah. It's not not twisted like the rap group with a Z-I-D at the end? (laughs) No, that was already taken. We couldn't use that. But um, I'm sure they would have let you use it if you would have paid them some money or gave them some Fago uh, or something. They money. probably would don't have any money. No it money. is theater, local theater, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they did it. They did a Kickstarter to to uh, support that show, which actually was was and how, uh, when pretty was this? generous. This was oh man, when was this? This summer of 2014, I want to say. Oh, okay, so you've been here for a few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, years. I had no intention of staying, and you know, when the show was over, I said, "Okay, bye, everybody," and I went back to LA. And just by comparison. You know, I'm from the Midwest, right. so going back to L.A., having felt so at home while I was in Chicago, and, you know, trees and wrought iron fences and brick buildings and, you know, nice people that... Cool rats. Cool, <laughs> huge rats. Yeah, they're cool, though. That I love. And squirrels and rabbits, squirrels town and rabbits. rabbits the, town rabbits. Town rabbits are the best. I, I feel like I really want to befriend one, but they never let me get close enough. No, they're scared of everything. They are scared. They're very timid rabbits. You'd think they would just be like, man, uh, let me try to get some food from this thing. They don't do that. <laughs> they just run away. Like, I'd give you a carrot or a leaf or something. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, if they, if they only knew. I wish there was a way I could get it out to the rabbit community of Chicago that I'm like a cool dude. <laughs> that they, can, <laughs> that they, they can come get food from me. Okay, any rabbits listening to this, please let everybody know. Patrick Lynch. I'll send out a picture or something so you guys know. <laughs> Do rabbits, can rabbits, uh, do they see in color? Do I, do I just need to print it black and white? It I don't want to spend a lot like of money it. on printing if... Don't, I was watching this don't print in color for the rabbits. Okay. 
That's good to know. Maybe just write them a note. So you come back to Chicago. You decide to come back here. Yeah. And then you're doing plays and you're doing all these things and acting. And then when did you decide, hey, I want to do comedy? Oh, I I wanted to do stand-up forever. I've always been a huge fan of comedy. Mm -hmm. Super inspired by it. And I just never really had... You know the cojones. Oh yeah, yeah. To go up, and I try, and I, I needed to kind of dip my toes in. I wanted to just take a little dip in first before I went in full on. And I actually took classes at Second City. Okay. Which is is this is that so dorky? But I took the class at the no, Second I mean, City, no. and that was you a great way to like in a, in a controlled environment with guidance. Right. Try and write jokes and tell them in front of other people and hold a microphone, which yeah. I had never done really. Yeah. Especially if you've just been used to play plays, acting, and acting yeah. on a set or whatever, where you're mic'd up, mm-hmm. you know, differently than hold, having to hold a mic. It really is a big thing, like holding the mic and like being comfortable with like moving around on stage with a microphone and stuff like that. It it is a yeah. definite art. There's a I don't want to say art. Never mind. Let's back that up. <laughs> All right, let's pause. Okay, edit point. It is difficult. <laughs> okay, so the. Uh, you know, I, I I have no problem with uh, people. You know, some some comics. You say something about you went and took a stand up class. They'll be like, yeah. You know, they shit all over it oh, just totally. because that's the way comics are. They like to shit over everything. Um, you know, you did improv. Fuck you. Like whatever. Right. I I think if that's what you need to do to get in there, then that's what you need to do to get in there. You know, like you said, you you felt nervous about it. And, you know, that was a here's an entry level that felt safer than just going out to a random bar and just throwing yourself in the deep end and not right? not knowing. Is this thing going to be funny exactly. or not? So you go in there and you get some skills and you figure it out and then you get out there and you get practicing and then then you, f- you know. You yeah, I felt you, great the first time I, I yeah. tried. Yeah. For and real. That, that first time is like, it is like a drug thing, like where you that first time is oh like, oh gosh. yeah, and yeah. you're always chasing that. Uh-huh. And it never is the same. So you probably should just, not you, but everyone else <laughs> that hasn't done it yet, just don't do it because drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs um, or comedy because yeah, both don't. are addictive and could kill you. Yep, they could. I know a lot of people who've died at the hand of comedy. Oh, my gosh. R. You R. got your, I was going to try to ra- ramble off a bunch of names, but I don't feel like saying the names of the dead would be disrespectful, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> we shall never speak of them. So you grew up in Wisconsin. What about uh, what you got brothers, sisters? What's uh, cousins, aunts, uncles? What's going on oh, up there? Yeah, I got two younger sisters. Oh, two younger sisters. Yep. Okay. Three are they, girls. Are they uh, are they also performance people? Are they also artistic people? Are they? Uh... Um, my middle sister did uh, some theater and okay. stuff while we were growing up, and continues to kind of dabble in it. My youngest sister doesn't do performing, and she. Out of the three of us, definitely has her life together the most. <laughs> she, what does that mean, though? Like, because she has a job that pays she, reasonably well uh, yeah. on a standard. Which is funny because she's actually an artist, <laughs> so she works for a, a, um, a company that does educational video games, and she she develops the characters for. Oh them. wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. But all right. She, you know, she growing up, she always was on her computer in her room and didn't. But still, really... you're all very in a creative thing. Yeah, because. You know that it, now. Are your parents both creative people, or are they not, or what? Uh, my mom is. My mom's a hairdresser, and okay. she she paints. Okay. And in her free time, sells paintings on the side. Same thing. Paints pictures of your face. Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> her she, face. No, she actually likes to paint. Uh, what does she like to paint? Uh, nuns wearing sunglasses. What? 
Is a f- I've got to see one of these oh, things. Oh, they're so great. I bet that sounds cool. They are great. Um, nuns wearing like aviator sunglasses. Kind of like pop arty kind of. Totally. Yeah. And oh, like that zebras cool. that are the wrong color. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. She's very cool. Your creative. mom sounds like a cool lady. She and is. And what about your dad? My he dad? sounds like cool too because he was so supportive and was willing to, uh, you know, injure someone for he, your career. Yeah, That's pretty he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's, um, he is in politics. Oh. But he's very creative. Um, in the, I think you have to have is a creative dad, mind. Is your dad Obama? My dad, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> oh, I wasn't so going to cool. say anything. Uh, you know. But you outed me. I. Uh, that is cool that you have Obama as your dad. So what's it like living in the White House? Did it you ever live there? So, uh, you know, it's not as good as you think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's probably uh, everyone's <laughs> like, everything's got to be clean all the time. Oh, like, yeah. There's a lot of people running around. You can't like put coaster down like. People, you know, you go into the bathroom, you're like, oh, there's a tour right now. I'm yeah, or naked. you okay. accidentally, like, you pick up a briefcase to go to school, and it happens to be the nuclear briefcase, <laughs> and then, like, there's <laughs> hilarity ensues. I feel mm-hmm. like that could happen with this administration that's currently going on, like, a mix-up, like, of that <laughs> nature, <laughs> like a baby's day out situation where... Mr. Magoo in it, yeah. straight through oh, those four years. Yep, yeah, Mr. Magoo, for what sure. What does this one button do? We're going we're mm-hmm. to have to copyright that. Oops. Calling, saying that this dude is Mr. Magoo. I don't even like to say his name anymore because it's either. just like everybody knows who we're talking about. We'll anyway. Just, we'll just call him Voldemort. <laughs> yep, that works too. We want to say but that. But I feel first. like uh, I don't think that's even nice because that's like a diss on Voldemort because he's at least pretty cool looking dude. That's I true. Mean, he, he actually have... had power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had an agenda that made sense. He did have agenda and power <laughs> and like had a direction with his life. People that. trusted him. Now, he got people on his side. Now, Rachel, we, you know, we met when I, not too long after I first moved here, and uh, you invited us to a play at Stage 773. What was it called? Firestart? Firebringer. Firebringer, yeah. that's what it was. And it was a very cute play, and it was like had a good uh, storyline and good songs and everything. And it was, I guess it was a musical, not a play, because uh, yeah. there were songs that you sung in it. Now, this play has brought you some modicum of fame, maybe not... We've both seen it as a meme. This is a meme it's, that you've seen on. Yeah. Who was that lady's name? Cara DeVille. I don't know, I don't how, know to how to say it. It's that she's a supermodel yep, with great eyebrows. Ad. Yep. She's dating Cara Paris Delv- Jackson. Delving- she is? Yeah. That's the new thing. Like she was, Get those, out. Those two ladies were hanging out with uh, Macaulay Cockett and they were seen kissing. I it's wish like, I had been there. Could two more beautiful people fun. be together? Like, come on, man. Break us uggos off a little like let us at least think we can achieve to that. Wow. Anyway, that's a so good party to be in. So she tweeted out a thing. There's a clip that was on the internet mm-hmm. of there's a song in it's that It's a song called I don't want to do the work. Yeah. And it's like I don't want to work today. <laughs> I, I don't, don't want to yeah. go to work. Yep. I don't really want to so do the work. People have co-opted that into this meme, the meme structure that is here's me saying a thing, but here's also me. Right. And then like having a picture or a video or whatever. And so this lady tweeted that out to like millions of people, all the people that follow her, and it was all kinds of crazy. Right. What was that like for you? Did people like I know I contacted you? Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is out there. So what was? Uh, did you get like nonstop inundated with that? I do every now and again. Still, I'm I'm getting somebody going. Is this you? And it is. It yeah. is me. And yeah, that's anytime something breaks like that, that i've been in that gets a little bit that was probably the biggest one if something happens and it gets out on the internet you get a lot of family and friends sending it to you going yeah, hey this did is you, you know like, no, not me 
I should say that. No, not me. Nope. Somebody else. One Who of my is paintings that? came to life. <laughs> <laughs> She's beautiful. Yeah. Who is she? Now, what what I think is hilarious and, uh, about this whole thing is when we first talked, I think I showed you a YouTube video the first time I saw it. Right. Was I was watching random YouTube videos where they like mashed a bunch of different clips together mm-hmm. and it just so happened to be in there and I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> what? Uh, 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 yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> exactly so what you say. I when sent you it to it. you and was like, "Look at this." And then uh, you immediately, the first thing you said back was something to the effect of, "Like I messed that dance up. I did. Like, or I mean, it'll do it. I'm not doing the dance right." But nobody knows that. Well, well now, now they, they do, do because we were talking about it. But <laughs> there's nobody. I, I think that that um, mechanism in a performer's brain to be like, "I messed it up." Like I was really plagued by that really bad when i first started stand-up like uh-huh. if i don't say this exactly right it's not going to be as funny as what i thought it was when i wrote it down and if i went out there and messed up one thing it was the worst night and 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 being so in my head like that made it all the performances bad i feel like or not as good as they i totally been. know what you mean i totally know what you mean and this is you know we're gonna because we're doing a podcast we're gonna talk about iris ira glass for just one second <laughs> It and is a requirement for every episode to mention you have somebody to mention from NPR. NPR. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ira Glass. <laughs> Ira Glass has some quote to the effect of, you know, if you're an artist, mm-hmm. you've become. If you're an artist, I can't. I can't do a good Ira Glass. <laughs> you become an artist because you have good taste. I'll lay in and some <laughs> cool music over top <laughs> of this. Do. Please do. And he says you beca- you've become an artist because you have good taste. And one of the hardest things when you're starting out is to look at your own work. Um, and, you know, I think it even applies throughout your whole career because you're looking at your own work and you're, you're, you're judging it and you have good taste and that's why you started. But through your good taste, you see some fault in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to be kind to yourself, essentially, yeah. and kind of dial back your own good taste. Never lose that. Don't don't. Mm-hmm. Not try to make it better because it does drive you to make be better. Exactly, exactly. You've got to challenge yourself and always, you know, it's always good. But if you look at something, you go, "That was perfect." When we come back, Act Two of our show, we meet a farmer named Bertram, who has an interesting discovery about his bees. Yeah, I was just out there in the field and watching my bees, and uh, I discovered them doing something interesting. All that and more when we come back to this American life. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was going to be like You're my follow up. <laughs> is how do you get over that? Is how do you get away from it? And what I've done is just, uh, I think part of it was like this picture in my head of what I thought I needed to do to get to a successful place. Mm-hmm. And then once I realized, like, I define what that successful place is, I can say, well, none of this really is. I was putting the stakes too high. Sure. And then once I lowered exactly. the stakes and realized there's, I define what the stakes are. I feel like infinitely more free to just do whatever and I feel more comfortable and right. I feel more relaxed. Totally. So that comes across and I feel like that makes things more funny. Yeah. It seems more real. And with performance, you've got to, you can't be too in your head. Yeah. With anything. Got to be right there. What, you have to be in whatever the moment. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Be in the moment. Be in the moment, which is so counterintuitive because anytime you're performing, you probably have a little bit of third eye going on, looking at yourself, judging, kind of thinking about it. But it's a it's a matter of focus and a matter of it's kind of like meditating in a way. Yeah. Just, now, do you find when you're doing? I've always been 
thoroughly impressed by people that can do like long plays or musicals or anything because it's like that's a lot of stuff to remember i would be messing stuff up all the time i'd be so worried about like did i say that line right did i miss a cue did i do a thing like you said did i do this dance step correctly or whatever Mm -hmm. is that just through just endless rehearsals of it that you just get it yeah the repetition into your head the repetition of rehearsal helps i mean really at the end of the day in the structure of a play or a musical lines and lyrics uh songs they're not just words they're thoughts so once you're able to coalesce them into the thought the person's having they all string together and it all makes sense gotcha so if you're really inhabiting the character well yeah i mean if you're yeah everybody um on stage every character everybody in the scene is going to have you know an intention a want sure you're going to speak because you're working towards getting that want right um and that's how that's I think that's the best way to memorize is memorize the thought. Yeah, the intention. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Well, this has been actor chat with <laughs> Rachel and Pat. We have now made everyone an actor or a comedian. I don't know which one, or maybe actor comedians, because today you have to have many slashes in your name to like get anything to right. do anything. This the gig barter economy is. Uh, <laughs> I'm really torn. Cat and I were talking about this the other day about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, this the gig economy of let me because we saw this commercial for a new app that basically you put in how much you want to pay for like somebody to come over and clean your house or whatever. Or you got a task or whatever that you want done, like handiwork or whatever. You put in how much you want to pay for it. And then there's somebody that's been like background checked or whatever will, you know, if they'll do it for that, they'll come over and, you know, do it for you. Right. I think that's not a bad idea, but it's also like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a, we're getting away from a, a the standard structure of how business works, and that, right. which I think is bueno because. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, capitalism ca- is scary. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Doesn't seem to be working too well for us. Right. And, you know, uh, monetizing people is, it's it's counter to a lot of things that are, 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 are good, yeah. I would say. Freedom and, and, you know, it's just really, we're getting to a point where you become the commodity, you are commodified. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's a it really scary weird. time. It's, it's weird. Especially with art things. And it, I blame weird. the internet for, for causing, <laughs> the, I do, I blame the internet um, because we all have such quick access to each other and we yeah. can all access each other through our phones and you can start your own business on a phone. You can, you know, you can make your own YouTube channel, which is great. There's a lot of self-start in that, but that also creates a ton of pressure. Yeah. Well, the speciality uh, of it is if everybody can be a cardiologist, why do I need to pay a cardiologist? <laughs> You know what I mean? I can just YouTube. How yeah. To do it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, probably. probably. There's probably cardiology videos right? out there. I mean, I've learned a lot of stuff from watching YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you What's know what? What's this world coming to? I don't know. And if you're going you to wear talk sandals, to your dad Obama and have him do something. Obama, about this. if you're listening. You call him Obama. You don't call him Dad. No, Dad Obama. Dad Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Obama is the best dad. I want to pretend like he's. I, bet, I mean, everybody's you know, dad. minus like his war crimes, he's a pretty good dude. I agree. You know, but I. You know, uh, I'm not. I'm not too cool crimes. with. Uh, I'm not too cool with war. But here's no. the thing. I went to a thing the other night, uh, and you you should think about checking this out. And people, if you hear this, go check it out. Friend of the show, Faraz Alexander, he's doing this show at Annoyance on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock for the next month. Oh, the Annoyance on Belmont? Yep. Okay, cool. And uh, it's called War Kids, and him and Mm. this lady named Suze Mm -hmm. go up there, and they do a few sketches, but then they also 
tell their story. Faraz is from Kuwait and she's from Lebanon. And they both were in those countries when wars were going on. And both being young kids, Faraz was six when the Desert Storm happened when he was in Kuwait. Suze was 12 when she was in Lebanon and some rockets were being, you know, shot into there by Israel for whatever reason. I can't remember. She did say why. But anyway, it was very interesting to hear their take of living through this war thing. I totally agree with that sentiment. I think that's an incredibly enlightened um, perspective. But I'm not too keen on like, hey, let's just drone indiscriminately. Oh, no, 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 we don't. (laughs) So you need to talk to your dad about that. I will. I'll talk. You know, we'll sit down. All right. If anybody has any questions for Obama, please send them to Rachel Soglin Mm -hmm. on Facebook. (laughs) 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 Look her up. She'll be she'll be ready to answer all those questions. I'll be there. Facebook. So I think that covers all of the like main things that I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything you want to ask about me? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I don't think we've talked about me enough. Now, everybody knows about me. I'm just a poor boy from a poor family. <laughs> Spare me my life, you know, of this monstrosity or easy whatever. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. Will you let me go? No. All right. Let's take a pause for the cause and uh, get one of our sponsors in here to talk. Uh, f- you know, I got to pay the bills. So- sponsors? Oh, yeah. I got all kinds of sponsors. Every episode is sponsored by some sort oh of advertisement. Is it for- Casper? Squarespace? Nope. Mail none chip? of those. Well, I've not gotten to that level yet, but... Okay. You know, it's it's good products that I 100% endorse, okay. okay? Like these good people. Are you tired of being tired at work and home? Tired of having to drink those sugary energy drinks or bitter coffee just to stay awake? Well, wake up, sleepyhead, and get the best stimulant around. Illegal drugs! Starting a new illegal drug today will help to put your fatigue and drowsiness to bed for good. You'll love the newfound energy in all of your new friends. So try a new illegal drug today and change your life forever. The list of potential side effects is too long to list for such a short commercial, so go to www.stimulants.com to find out which illegal drug is right for you. Hey everybody, welcome back. Make sure you check out that sponsor. I'm sure they uh, deserve your money. I mean, how could they not? How could they not deserve your money? They're so great. They put out such a great product. Yeah, go buy that thing. Yeah. Are you sure you want to put your name to that, Rachel? I, I wholeheartedly w- believe in it. We can edit it out. <laughs> we? <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> offering to edit something out? Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to check the news? I'm ready to Let's check the, the news. news. I want to know what's All going right. on in the world. Da news. Here's the headline. Tell me what you think about this headline. Okay. Woman arrested after raunchy come on to the Easter Bunny. First of all. Why? Most emba- <laughs> most embarrassing thing I've ever done. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I can't that believe picture I'm of me got out. Yeah. So I think, okay, so this, I think, is a follow-up to, like, you know those pictures that come out around Easter, everybody kind of mines them out of the internet, of children being horrified yeah, by, by the Easter any Bunny? holiday. Right, like, like they're Santa, sitting on the Easter, Easter Bunny laps and at the mall, and they're just, like, screaming, crying. Because it's terrifying. Because it's terrifying. I think this woman had an experience like that, and something in her snapped. Yeah. And this is, like, a fantasy Payback? that she's had. Yeah. Well, I think she wants to live this out. I think you this think, is a recurring dream. You think we've got a furry situation here where this lady's mm. like real into furry things or you think it's specifically the Easter Bunny? I think this is like a weird Easter Bunny fetish born out of a trauma Okay. at an early age sure. involving uh, a bunny. mall and candy and an Easter Bunny. Okay. I feel like 
let's read on and we'll figure out if okay. you're right or not. I think my guess, my guess is, I feel like there's probably drugs or alcohol involved. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> wow, I did because not you, think of you that. You probably have to get, I mean, even regardless of whether okay. it's your fetish or not, you might have to work up some courage to do this the first time. Yeah. You know, you don't know. I mean, listen, we've all been to college. We all know how it is. Mm. You're in you're in your dorm room with the member of the same sex. I'm flashing back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) A disapproving witness reported lewd acts on a costumed creature police said trying to make out with the Easter bunny isn't exactly appropriate behavior. I should mention that exactly is spelled E G G Zackly, like egg Zackly. Wow. So first of all, fuck this person for writing that. <laughs> These people are taking huge liberties but, with this story. But also kind of like it. <sighs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like a dad joke where it's like, it is funny. It is following a structure that is funny, but it also it's like, come on. It is come on, is uh, the bottom line. Especially when kids are watching. But that's what the police said an Ohio woman did. Oh, god damn it. Ohio is Okay. LaDonna Hewitt, 54, 54, arrested on Saturday after police said she lewdly propositioned and grabbed an Easter bunny working at a carousel park in Mansfield. First of all, what the hell is a carousel park? She was arrested? Yeah. Oh, wow. So she had to be doing a a decent amount of stuff. This was maybe not her first Easter bunny attack. (laughs) This wasn't her first rodeo. Why is the rodeo (laughs) the like... Thing. Yeah, you know, we why say, do we well, have to do my, so many rodeos? Well, also, it's like, why is it the measure of whether or not I've done something? Why, you know, why you know is there other things? This isn't my first play. This if, isn't my first podcast. If I did a rodeo, I would have to say this is my first rodeo right. because who easy. is doing rodeos yeah. right now? Well, there's a lot of... Uh, none, 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 nobody that I know, but I have seen TV shows I where guess, they're like doing rodeo. Yeah. And there's a lot of young guys out there that... I'm telling you, if you ever want to... Turn on your TV on like a Saturday in the in the in the uh, summertime and put it on a regular ch- channel, you know, like an off-air antenna, like a channel twelve or two mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and you will see somebody doing PBR, which is professional bull riding, and they will. What? How do you know that? Acronym? Well, because I've. Well, it's. I mean, I've okay, seen it. You are very. You are very knowledgeable about oh. this. This is not your first <laughs> Easter Bunny attack. Okay, got it. When Hewitt posed for a photo with the rabbit, witnesses said she inappropriately grabbed the costume character and made suggestive comments within earshots of families at the indoor park. Someone called Mansfield Police. We received a report of a citizen, intoxicated female, doing some lewd oh, okay. acts on the Easter Bunny. In this picture, she is sitting on the lap and she has one leg like hiked up across the other leg of the rabbit. And it's, you know, I mean, I guess it's lewd. I mean, you know, I wouldn't consider it lewd just yet, but if she went there and she was intoxicated, probably did all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. Honestly, it sounds like something I did at a middle school dance. I don't know how lewd that is. Yeah. Leg Se- up. Seemed to be I drunk mean, with slurred speech, generally wobbly demeanor. Generally <laughs> wobbly demeanor. What a great, I, wanna, I want somebody to describe me like that once. Oh, how was his demeanor? Generally wobbly. <laughs> I hope it's in the police report. Because he's made of jello. Oh, yeah. Uh, charged with public drunkenness and booked into the county jail. Uh, didn't charge her with assaulting the Easter mm. Bunny. Her Facebook page seemed amazingly prophetic, featuring a comment that she can be a handful, but most of the time I'm just an idiot. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you know that about yourself, so, own it. But, I mean, hey, at least she's aware, you know. 
She seems very self-aware. She see. I think that this was, you know, a calculated act. I think that she should not be incarcerated. I think she should, you know, have the option to maybe see someone psychiatrically. Yeah, work it off. Like work do it some out. Community service. Sure. Maybe she should have to be the Easter Bunny next year. I would not let her near any actual rabbits. Well, what if she gets rebi- rebi- Oh yeah, don't no yeah no, no real rabbits. Absolutely. Well, not. I was saying maybe next year after she's rehabilitated, she could do. She should be the Easter Bunny and experience what it's like for somebody to basically molest her. Yeah, I mean, I could see that working. Maybe I think I've cr- punishment fits the crime. <laughs> you know, you steal somebody's bread, somebody's got to steal your bread or cut off your hand. You know, whatever. Maybe we should just cut off one of her hands. <laughs> you know what? Let's do that. Let's do that. So, Rachel, I gotta ask you. You've sneezed before, correct? I have. Okay, I think we've all sneezed. We've I, all been there. Have you yes. ever been in a situation where you felt like you couldn't sneeze and you needed to hold that sneeze in? Yes. Yeah. Right. <gasps> it's like you're reading my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. mean, I do have that ability. Okay. Man's horrific experience explains why you shouldn't st- stifle a sneeze. Oh my god! Oh my god! Did so he? we're gonna learn. <gasps> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because I've not read this yet. Okay. Doctors (sighs) said stopping sneezes by blocking nostrils and mouth is dangerous, and this story shows why. They may spread diseases, but don't hold it in. A previously fit and well 34-year-old in England ruptured his throat after he pinched his nose and closed his mouth to contain a sneeze. Halting sneeze via blocking nostrils and mouth is a dangerous maneuver and should be avoided as it may lead to numerous complications. The unidentified man developed a popping feeling in the neck, feeling in the back of his throat and swelling in his neck after the stifled sneeze, difficulty swallowing and speaking. Well, that's, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I thought he pooped. Uh, Yeah. He was hospitalized for seven days and had to be fed via tube so that rupture could (gasps) heal. Oh my gosh. The safest thing to do, although it's not socially acceptable, is to just sneeze loudly. I don't know about you. I've always been like, if I'm by myself, like at home or whatever, I don't do the like cough into your arm or sneeze into my arm. It's like, well, it's my germs. It's whatever. I'm not going to be. Oh, yeah. I'll really amp up the sneeze. Like, hub, hub, hub. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine's very vocal. Yeah, because I feel like that gets more of the germs out of you. It gets more of it out and it feels great. There's nothing more scary to a germ than a loud <gasps> yes. expository. <laughs> yeah, whenever because... I'm sick, I just go around yelling mm-hmm. and it helps me. Well, to this man, I would like to say a gesundheit. This is under categorized under sports. Oh, okay. okay. Not a subject I know a lot about, but well, let's see. Well, I don't think you really need to know anything about sports for this. <laughs> okay. Also, weird that NPR is talking about sports. It's yeah. not a thing that, you know, it's not about apples or like racism or something. So right? Or music. Like, <laughs> here, listen to this new. Anyway. Mm. Get a vasectomy to get off work to watch basketball. It's March Madness, but college basketball games are inconveniently scheduled during work. Many urologists say they see a spike in vasectomy procedures in March. So I guess the idea being like, well, if I got to get a vasectomy, I'll get it in March. I'll go in and I'll get it. And then I'll be off during March Madness and I'll be able to watch more games. Is a woman covering this story? Nope. A guy named David. David. Okay. Well, David. Okay. The context of of basketball, I'm not so into, but... The idea of more men getting vasectomies, hey, Good job. you know what? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people on earth. And you know what? It's very hard on women's bodies to constantly be on birth control. Sure. If you, what's the woman vasectomy? I forget what that's called. Uh, I don't know. You're either. asking the wrong thing. Right. Taking it. Um, I know, hysterectomy. Yeah. 
Is that what it's called? Well, I think so. Well, that's, that removal of, that's removal of the womb altogether. Oh, is I it? Think, that um, was something about intestines. No. You can't undo that one. Right. The vasectomy, you, you can undo. Yeah. Sure. Oh. They've got it now to where it's just like a in and out procedure. Yeah. Like you just go in, they do it, and then you go home. I know some a, people that have done it. I'm, I'm with you. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, there needs to be uh, more onus on dudes when it comes to uh, reproductive totally. limitations. You know, uh, if I could take a pill... I would, uh, you know, I don't, you know, nobody, yeah. Well, you know what, probably you that. could, but I'm guessing that the people. Well, there probably is a way that I'm you could do it, but it probably just yeah. doesn't happen. It's just not. Well. Well, there's no, well, for one, it's the to- uh, toxic masculinity thing of, uh, you know, every, you know, you take that away. That's my manhood. I got to be able to do that, you know, whatever. It's silly. What about my manhood? Yeah. What, what about your manhood? You know what? I don't think it's at stake at all. I own it. Maybe uh, you're right. I'm one with it. Yeah. Speaking of reproduction, Mm -hmm. what do you think about gender reveals parties? That's stupid. I think it is a little silly too. Just tell us what the baby is. And also, you're telling me the sex of this baby before it's born. Um, What if the baby grows up and doesn't want to be that? Yeah, right. What if it doesn't want to be that? Also, what if it isn't that? You know, I guess. No, totally. It could be whatever that. First of all, that baby gets to be whatever it wants to be. Sure. Also, I don't care what your baby is. It is, is. whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, I've seen. It, it seems to be a, a a hip thing to do these days is have gender reveal yeah. parties and have some kind of convoluted Rube Goldberg device of a thing to like reveal pink <laughs> or blue. Yeah. So <laughs> there, like, I saw one. There was a video where it was like spinning uh, a wheel. Yeah. A. a car doing a burnout mm-hmm. was so you went and bought special tires and it was like three minutes of just them standing there looking at the car before the car did a burnout and i'm like so you damaged your car and your wheels and you spent money all just you could have just been like hey we're having a girl i think it's the want to go viral i think because it, we're all seeing these on the internet yeah. again it's the you know what yeah Rachel, you're sounding you know more and more like an old lady every day. I am an old lady. <laughs> Look at this house. Do you know how many porcelain cat figurines there are in here? Yeah, a lot. So many. A lot, but there's also a real cool deer playing a ukulele. That is an eight-point buck. Yeah. Did you kill that yourself? I did not. I would not kill an animal. But where did you get it? It was gifted to me. It was a gift. It's pretty great. Yes. It's pretty great. Yeah. So the reason I brought up the gender reveal was a family in, I can't remember where, Louisiana, Mm-hmm. Used a they're they're alligator farmers, mm-hmm. okay. So they got a lot of gators around, mm-hmm. and they use an alligator as a part of their gender reveal party. Headline: Man uses live alligator for his baby's gender reveal party. What could possibly go wrong? They decided to announce the sex of their unborn baby. I, I, I find it interesting that they say gender in the headline, but then sex in the. Because that's the right thing, right? Right. It's maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, I could. Grandmother to be posted this video of her. So what they did was, is they get this alligator out in the middle of all these people, all these folks standing around. They get out a watermelon that has somehow been injected with blue or pink, whatever, and they stick it in this alligator's mouth and let it bite it. Then the alligator kind of freaks out, kind of makes a move towards the family because there's people standing around. And there's and I mean it's not a small alligator. It's a big gator. There's no such thing as a small alligator. I think it's ridiculous. You you not only did you make this all about you, but you also like endangered people. Right. And yourself just to be like, Oh, we're having a baby. It's good for you. 
I don't see the point in it. You're, you're <laughs> I don't see the point in it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even see the point in having a baby. Fun, I'm not into that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. Where you know, there's plenty of people that need to be adopted. Funny story about a gator. When I lived in Ohio, there was a friend of a friend had an alligator for a pet. Oh right? dear! And it was okay. a tiny one. It was small. Oh. But it was still like two or three foot. <gasps> and it was. He kept it in this big glass tank, like this big glass aquarium. He fed it and all the time. Well, one time they were having a party at the, and it was in an apartment too, by the way. This is an apartment alligator. Yep. Apartment gator. Okay. We're over there for a party. It was in college times. So as oh, everybody get drunk times. It's just getting worse. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's also peak uh, jackass time. Oh, no. So drunk Patrick says, let's get that alligator out and let it bite my nipple. No, no, you did not. I wanted it to. <laughs> Cooler heads prevailed and said no, but I would not drop it. I just kept on and kept on. Let me get that. Let me let me get that gator. Let me bite it. Because I'm like, I'm drunk. I'm not going to feel it. It's going to be like over and done with. And people are going to be like, oh, that was the coolest thing. You know, like remember that guy when he like let that gator bite him. And this is before like we had cameras on cell phones. So you were just doing it to do uh, it in the moment. Or did you want somebody to like It definitely was pre cell phone right. camera. Uh, it yeah. was probably early 2000s. I mean, there might have been somebody could have mm-hmm. got it on a flip phone camera, okay. but it was mostly for the 10 or 12 people that were there got and then it. the story for later. Story. Um, thank God that it didn't happen. I think that was the one of the last times that uh, I got to hang out with those people because <laughs> I was so adamant about it. I was just really drunk. Anytime there was a pause in any conversation, I was like, when are we going to get that gator to bite my nipple? I don't think you get to pick what the gator bites. And I well, I mean, if he could have held it up to me, well, that's okay. just let it chomp on. Our party was terrible. Yeah, it was. But I still remember it as a cool-ass party. <laughs> as that party that I got lost my coolness at. Oh, anyway, that's a great story. And, I, you good. know, I, it's a, I think it's a good good thing to um, wrap up on, you know. Um, right. so, so, Rachel, uh, you're getting back into stand-up. People can find you if they want to online or no yeah instagram is a great place uh you can What's your find name me on there? i'm i'm terrible waitress yeah Spell, all one word all one word spelled correctly no underscores no dashes terrible Correct. waitress you can probably see a clip of that cara de vlavigny cara de yeah, just spell your name this you're in america get a right yeah, name what the fuck is your name <laughs> jesus i'm just kidding please don't write in she has so much money please don't yeah. write in okay uh if she wants to give me some of that money I'll learn how to spell her name or oh. say her name. She could tell me. I anyway. I too. I want to hear her say it. <gasps> you know what? Let's do that. We'll Google that after this. She probably does say it at some point. I'm Cara Delevingne. So that's it for me. That's it for you. You good? That's good. good. I love uh, it. Let's get out of here and go get some pizza or something. Or this has to be gluten free pizza. Oh, you glu- okay? That's fine with me. It's not an allergy, just an intolerance. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. maybe you should learn to love gluten like the rest of Gosh, us. Gosh darn it. Okay, I will try. Okay. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Remember, come on back to the next time I decide to do this in five months. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, enjoy your day. Thanks. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Cold Bacon. I truly appreciate it. Make sure you follow my guests on social media for laughs and details on where they're going to be next. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, do so at coldbaconpod at gmail.com. The theme music was provided by Josh Edgeness. 
You can follow Josh online at Josh Edgeness. That's E-J-N-E-S. Thanks again for your support, and remember, love yourself and each other.